Hello and welcome to The Breakdown with me, Ewan Healy, a new format, part of the EuropeLex family of podcasts. In each episode, we will use interviews to dive deep into the most pressing issues and influential stories across electoral politics in Europe. Since its formation as a merger of centre-right parties in 1989, Partido Popular had been a major player in Spanish politics, winning the government presidency or the office of the Prime Minister three times in the subsequent decades. In 2018, following the fall of the Rajoy administration, the party elected its fourth-ever leader, Pablo Casado, a young Castilian who was born after the fall of the Franco regime, who promised to bring the party back to government. Four years later, he has been forced to resign his position as his party slides downwards in the polls and just weeks after the party lost control of the regional administration in his home region of Castilla and Leon for the first time in 35 years. At the same time, a young party to the right of Casado's PP has grown significantly concurrent with his leadership, winning representation for the first time in 2019, rising to be the third largest party in the national parliament, the Cortes Generales, in the second election that year. Of course, I'm talking about Vox, the national conservative brainchild of former PP representative Santiago Abascal. In 2022, the latest polls have his party overtaking PP for the first time, with them on track to be the second largest party in the next Spanish general election. With a message focused on Spanish national identity, opposition to immigration, and the re-centralization of the Spanish state, the party has gone from strength to strength, with the Castile and Leon regional elections being no exception, where the party surged to third place and 17% of the regional vote, and has demanded a place in the next regional government there. What we're witnessing is a shift in the Spanish right, significant both locally and internationally as Spain joins many other European nations in recognizing a powerful right-wing party in their nation, and one of the few to see such a party rise to the second place spot. The story of the rise of Vox has been one of the biggest stories in European politics in the last 10 years. So to understand more about what's going on, we've traveled to Madrid to get the breakdown. Hoy Castilla y León elige a sus procuradores para los próximos cuatro años. Hablamos del modelo de comunidad y de país que queremos todos. Welcome back to the EuropeLex podcast. I'm very excited to be sat down today with Andres Santana from uh, the Autonomous University of Madrid and co-author of a book, Vox, The Rise of the Spanish Populist Radical Right. So we're very excited to have his expertise on the podcast to help us unpack what's been going on in Spain over the last few weeks and months. Andres, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you uh, for the invitation. I'm very glad to be here. Wonderful. So let's start with the main headline story of all of this, and that is Vox, uh, our sort of conservative nationalist uh, party overtaking the main centre-right Partido Popular in the national polls. What is going on? Give us the background. Vox has been increasingly growing, and uh, in the last weeks we have had several um, developments. One One has been an election where the traditional conservative party, the People's Party in Spain, Uh, fared only um, relatively well or relatively bad, depending on how you see it. And then the the traditional PPP had some serious internal problems, and this is showing uh, that Vox is catching up with the with the PPP. So, on the national level, this transfer of voters is this direct from Partido Popular to Vox, or is there something else going on here? Vox gets voters from Partido Popular, a good deal of them. That was their first source of voters. 
about 60% of their first voters were Partido Popular, but they are getting voters from other places too. They get abstainers, former abstainers, young, younger people who didn't have the right to vote. They get also about 15, 20% of former citizens voters, citizens or ciudadanos, was the center-right, center-center-right party in Spain, center-center-left in Catalonia, where it was born, which fared really well in April 2019, but since is falling a lot. And uh, they are also getting about 15, 20% of their voters. So it's mainly it's Partido Popular, but they have several other additional sources. And what is it about Vox's sort of political message, about their policy platform, about their leadership that attracts people the most? The most important issue is uh, national mm, national identification, mm, fight against the subnational regionalist or secessionist parties, mainly in Catalonia and also in the Basque Country. But there are several additional issues that attract quite a good deal of voters. Yeah, so let's look at um, Castile and Leon as one example of, of where Vox has managed to succeed, uh, partly at the, the expense of Partido Popular. What was behind Vox's rise there in, in, in Castile and Leon specifically? In Castile Leon, the People's Party was governing for 35 years already. So voters are citizens and voters are somewhat tired of Partido Popular. There are some things that have not been resolved for the past 35 years. So somebody who is governing there cannot blame on the opposition that the things that are not uh, have not been done have to do with, uh, for instance, socialists or, or whomever else could be there. So they have been able to attract the vote of uh, voters who were not happy with some of the things. And there, there are certainly important problems in Castile León. Could you go into a little bit more about what, what those sort of more specific problems were that the voters saw that or thought that Partido Popular had been failing them on over the last sort of decade or so as part of that 35-year reign that they've had? Castile León is a very large region in terms of territory, but it's a, it's a small region in terms of population. It's a region that is losing quite a lot of, uh, quite a bit of population over the years. Uh, this also means that some services are hard to find or you have to uh, take the car or, or in, in some way uh, reach any other uh, town to get the service, both public services and private ones. So there are certain important problems in, in, in Castile León, opportunities for young people, uh, these kind of things. Yeah, that's really interesting. You talk about young people because obviously you said that uh, Vox is a, a party that has attracted a lot of uh, younger voters, uh, particularly in the regions where this kind of um, urbanization or the uh, urban migration which is taking place, which is drawing a lot of Spaniards to the cities has taken place. You've, you've seen this uh, invitation or support for Vox from younger people. Is, is, is that a big issue at play here? Yes, they, they receive uh, young, the vote of younger people both in rural areas and in urban areas. Actually, Vox tends to be stronger in urban areas, but their vote is always a young vote. The group which is uh, voting for Vox more is the 25 to 34 uh, years. But 18 to 24, 
also vote quite a lot for Vox and 35 to 30, uh, 44 as well. Over 40, 45 and over, much less. It's really interesting because the sort of radical right or the right wing parties as, as you might like to describe them in, in other European countries have often uh, garnered support from older populations. We look at Alternative for Deutschland uh, in Germany or we look at uh, Ressemblement National in France and they tend to be supported by older voters rather than younger ones. Why is things different in Spain? I am not really sure that the characteristics of uh, AFD or Ressemblement are we can generalize them to uh, all populist parties. In, f in fact, there are several uh, populist radical right parties also getting the vote from younger voters. This depends. But anyway, there, there are some things at play, both in Europe and in Spain. One of the things is that if you are an older voter, uh, you are, have possibly a stronger party identification. So you are possibly more likely to vote for parties you already voted for. In the case of Rassemblement National, this is not a problem for Rassemblement National because Rassemblement National is not a new party. But in the case of Vox, this would be a problem because older voters are much more accustomed to voting either the PSOE or the PP, and that's what they do. And then there is another thing. Some part of the story about older voters has to do with what's their position, the socioeconomic position, and the losers of globalization story. But uh, the voters of Vox are not losers of, of globalization. They are actually rich, richer than average. That's really interesting because uh, if they are richer than average, it, it goes against that sort of narrative which is often portrayed in the media about who is voting for these parties. Is, is the anti-immigration rhetoric or anti-Islam rhetoric or uh, anti-feminist rhetoric, which is employed by Vox and has been employed over the last decade that they've uh, existed, is that the, a big or the big issue for a lot of voters? Or is it actually, is it more local concerns, like you talk about uh, national identity or um, perhaps access to services? Are we, are we reading Vox wrong as a whole party? I think the national identity issue in Spain cuts across, uh, across regions. Uh, the, the distribution in the population is different, but there, there's people concerned with the national question uh, in all the regions uh, of Spain. So that's something that it's not a local issue in the, in the Spanish case. So they get voters uh, in all the regions uh, of Spain. Gender uh, values and gender le legislation is possibly an issue that is giving them votes uh, in many places, but it's difficult to know because in most of, of the service, we don't have any good question to uh, really know whether it affected or not. We know that they got a disproportionate share of male voters, but we don't know if this is because attitudes towards gender legislation and gender um, positions uh, are driving the vote for Vox. And the last thing you mentioned was immigration. Vox has been giving increasing importance to this issue in many of the of the last elections. For instance, we had now regional elections in Castile-Leon, uh, but we had uh, regional elections in Madrid uh, some months ago. In the regional elections in Madrid, 
very large uh, board with a strong anti-immigration uh, message. That's what they try to do. In my opinion, they try to do that because they try to get the vote of um, more humble groups in society, workers and traditional voters of, uh, of left-wing parties trying to, um, to attract them. We know that in some villages, some towns where they are getting that, but it does not seem to be other factors constant driving um, citizens to vote for votes. But in my opinion, they are trying to give increasing importance to this issue because they know it works in other places. So they possibly want to have an, insu an insurance uh, ideological, uh, not policy, but position in case the Catalan issue uh, faded away or ceased to be important for their voters. So if they are able to have another strong issue, I, th I, th I think that's why they they keep on pressing with that and, and they give give it more and more importance. It's really interesting. So you've mentioned Madrid and Castilla and Leon as the two most recent elections. Now, in Madrid, we see a working agreement to allow Partido Popular to govern with Vox's support there. Is that something we're going to see happen again in Castilla and Leon? And we know that Vox have voiced uh, specific interest in this happening. I strongly bet that in Castilla and Leon, Vox will enter the government. Vox has been giving external support to governments conformed mostly by coalitions between Partido Popular, the People's Party, and citizens, the two parties I mentioned before. It was external support in exchange for certain policy um, uh, positions, but it was always external support. So in this sense, Vox was neither subjected to um, cordon sanitaire because their votes were accepted as external support, but were not included in government. Now, what changed? Something very important changed here. Citizens is becoming irrelevant. So in the last elections where citizens became irrelevant were the, were the elections in Madrid. And the PP was very strong. So the PP was so strong in Madrid because uh, the, the candidate uh, Diaz Ayuso is very strong here. Vox could not possibly deny support to the People's Party here. It would have been actually uh, a problem for Vox if they hadn't uh, supported Ayuso. The next elections have been the ones in Castilleón. First elections where citizens is really weak and Partido Popular with the help of Vox could govern. But here Partido Popular, the People's Party is not, not so strong. So I think they are going to press for, for being in the government. They have already pressed in that direction. I was sure they were going to do that. And uh, I don't think they will, they will yield because before their voters, they cannot defend not entering government. They would feel uh, Vox is an unnecessary in, in intermediary party. So if I give the vote to Vox so that Vox, Vox gives the vote to the PP, then why do I, what do I need Vox for? They cannot afford that. I think that's a really interesting point to recognise that the vote for Vox was was not just a, a vote for Vox, but against uh, PP because they've been in control for so long there in Castile and Leon. That's a really interesting. Um, I also wanted to talk about PP nationally because I think that's a really important story that perhaps hasn't been talked about that much outside of Spain. The sort of main opposition party in Spain, Partido Popular, you know, been in government very recently, uh, has 
sort of been in, in, in a real struggling, a real holding pattern over the last uh, few months. And we've seen that Pablo Casado, the, the, the director, the, the president of the party, is, is, is essentially resigned. He, he's given a farewell speech. Um, do you think Casado moving on is, is the problem solved for PP? Do you think they'll be able to sort of make a new path now? Or, or is the problem just going to keep on rolling for, for Party de Popular? The problem will be, uh, as you say, Iwan, that was uh, like a resignation, although the formal resignation will come later. It's, uh, he, we know he's already out. Once he's formally out and uh, a new leader is there, the PP has an opportunity uh, to rebuild its image. And uh, even the PP has even an opportunity to present itself with a leader who might be more... Uh, better evaluated uh, by by the potential voters of the PP. But although the opportunity is there, uh, some important damage has been done, and this important damage uh, will also stay there. Which of the two things will wait more uh, is difficult to say. What direction is PP expected to go in next? We know that the party, in response to Vox becoming increasingly popular, has sort of leaned to the right in recent years. Is that something we can expect to continue happening for PP? Or is, is there going to be a new direction with a new leader? That's an excellent and a very tricky question. The person who is possibly going to be the next leader of the PP, or perhaps 90% chances of being so, is current PP's Galicia, president of Galicia. He's uh, Feijó, uh, and uh, he's slightly to the left, well, it's somewhat to the left of Casado, and he also has a policy in Galicia, which is a nationalistic uh, Galician policy, not extremely different from, from several of the policies followed in Catalonia or in the Basque country, um, similar policies with regard to the use of language uh, are, are implemented in Galicia by Pepe, by Fijo. So it's a turn to the left. And it's also a turn to placing less importance to Spanish nationalism. So that would leave a huge space for Vox. Now, that's where Fejo is now. But should he stay where he is, possibly he would try to change his current positions somewhat to the right and somewhat to more Spanish nationalist positions, because if not, he's leaving a huge space for Vox. Now, is he able to do that? Will Vox be like uh, Salvini's Pepe uh, Spanish nationalistic uh, positions? Will he be able to make that? I am not sure. And finally, before we just finish up, I think one important thing to talk about with the future of Partido Popular is, is the Ayuso case. Uh, and uh, as the president of the community of Madrid, as many of our listeners will know, has, has been in a sort of uh, conflict with the leadership of Partido Popular in the last uh, couple of months, uh, particularly over sort of spying allegations and some corruption allegations. Is this likely to, to roll on as a, as a bigger problem in the future for the next leader of Partido Popular, or will it be put to bed as, as Casado goes? This will be put to bed, although there will be some investigations on, on these elect corruption cases. Possibly there is nothing that can be proved at any rate, so possibly she will stay, stay there. She's the most important and most popular uh, leader of the, of the Partido Popular. So the issue will fade away, but there will always be attention 
between such a strong leader in Madrid and the national leader of the PP. Because the, the, there is this, this popularity issue and the, the, this can be threatening for any other uh, national leader uh, of the PP. Thank you very much for giving your insight. I think that's a really important uh, moment to end on, a really interesting scenario to, 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 to end on in our discussion. I think a lot of our listeners will keep following what's going on in Spain because it's, it's not plain sailing for any of the parties uh, that we've discussed today right now. It's going to be a difficult few months as things go on. And Andres, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, and we hope to speak to you again sometime soon. Thank you very much for the invitation. It was really a pleasure to be here and uh, I hope uh, we meet soon again. Yes, it would be very nice. Thank you very much. You've been listening to The Breakdown by the Europlex podcast. I've been your host, Ewan Healy. The managing editor was Polychronis Karampalas. The episode was edited by Alex Figurski. The music was by Jose Alvarado. And as always, everything we do would not be possible without our patrons on Patreon. <laughs>